you. I'm so glad you're here today. To every guest and friend, and it's good to see uh, familiar faces we haven't seen in a while, but we're so glad that each one of you have gathered today at the Lighthouse to worship alongside of us and uh, lend your voice to the orchestra of praise that goes forth. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7, and then Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, and uh, through the help of the Lord, I want to begin a series. I don't know if it'll be every Sunday morning. We'll just kind of let the Lord direct that, but there's a, a, a series of messages that I feel to preach and to lead us in, and so as the Lord opens each one of those up, we'll, we'll go into them, but we'll start with today. Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7, and uh, I really am just doing this verse to pull out one, one phrase to, to kind of see, but it says this, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 33, and, and again, very, very common scripture, not common in, in it, what it says, but just you ought to know it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There, there's, there's a few things I want to just picture, I want you to get in your mind. The first one uh, is, is just so that we can talk about this series. I want you to understand that in Isaiah, the Lord says, it's my altar. And we'll talk about that in a moment. That's key. And then for the message this morning, remember, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Would you bow your heads and would you pray the Lord's word would speak to you. Father, we thank you. And God, we have gathered, we've worshipped, we have praised, we've had a baby dedication. All of this has worked together, but now we need to hear the voice of God in the greatest way that we can is through your word. I pray you speak to us right now. Speak to us as individuals, each one of us, Lord. Uh, as loud as the word can be preached, would you, would you uh, resonate it in our heart, our mind, and our souls? We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. The, I, I want to, the, the sermon series, I want to talk about altars. As I have looked through the Word of God and over the course of uh, about end of, no, uh, end of November and December, the Lord began to deal with me with this. And uh, I want to kind of take a look at altars that were built in the Bible. And, and if we can, we'll uh, ascribe a, a kind of a, a mission statement or a thesis uh, for each of those altars, and we'll use them. Because those altars, first off, the altar... Uh, if you look at that word in the Hebrew, it, it meant to, to, it was a place where something was killed. It was a place where something was slaughtered. Uh, it was a place where you came and you offered a sacrifice. And, and if you will, I would, I would introduce you to two different understandings of the altar. It was a place where something came to die, but it was also a place where something was given away. And both of those, I, I believe, are very important in your life and in mine. And in that verse that we read in Isaiah chapter 56, he made it very clear this is my altar. You may build the altar, 
There were very few altars that God himself built. Perhaps the only one that I can think of in my mind would possibly be the altar of Jacob because it seems that perhaps the altar of Jacob was just a solid rock that he had laid his head on. But really, God didn't build the altars, but he made it very clear. You might build it, but it's mine. He claimed ownership of it. Because if you are the one that says it's your altar, then you begin to try to gain uh, benefits out of that through, through that. But it's, it's not. It is God's altar. And as we look at these altars... Even though men built them, and over the course of the next uh, sermons that I will preach on this, on this altar, uh, we'll see that man built them. But each reason for the building of the altar was because it belonged to God. And in order for me to start it, I'm going to, although it doesn't specifically say that there was an altar built, I believe the understanding is when there's a sacrifice, there was some sort of an altar. So if you'll permit me the, the ability to, to kind of assume there was an altar. But if you remember your story in Genesis chapter 4, and I'll kind of paraphrase it. If you'd like to turn there, you're more than welcome to. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, it says uh, that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. A little while later, another child was born. Cain was the, the first uh, child born in this world. Uh, Abel came second and she bare the brother Abel. And the Bible indicates that Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3 and verse 4 are the, the most important verses for what we're going to talk about today. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect to Abel and his offering, but to Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. I, I've thought about this. I have preached messages. In fact, as I begin to study for this, I, I got, go back to my computer where all my sermons that I preached are there and I, I pull it up and, and I've preached a, a character study. On Cain, and the, uh, it's interesting. Cain is is found all the way to the book of Jude. You can find references to Cain, uh, but I, I've wondered how it was. I find it interesting, and I think it just applies to the way that God sees things. Is that the firstborn in almost all of the families in the, in the Bible, those main families, the firstborn for whatever reason uh, tended to do something that would cause the Lord to look upon the second. You know, you have Cain was the firstborn, but because of his sin, he lost everything. Of course, Abel had died, and so Seth became the lineage that keeps going. Ishmael was Isaac, or I'm sorry, Ishmael was Abraham's firstborn, but it was not the one that God had planned, and so God bypassed the firstborn and chose Isaac. Esau was Isaac's firstborn, but he was rejected because. Of He didn't cherish the things that he should have cherished And Jacob came Jacob's firstborn son Reuben was actually uh, rejected and surpassed And replaced by Joseph's two sons and, jo uh, and in Genesis we find that God if you will And even rearranged the birth order of Joseph's two sons And it's fine that the sibling rivalry It's not something new to this generation It's happened all the way to the dawn of time Sin has a way of entering into families and leaving behind a trail of destruction and dysfunction. 
And so as, as they come out, here is, is, is Cain and here is uh, Abel. They're, they're grown, it, it appears, or at least, you know, uh, young adults. And Adam puts them to work. And so it is that, that Cain found himself the, the rancher. He had flocks. He had uh, herds. and a, I'm, I'm sorry, he became the farmer. Abel became the shepherd. Cain is planning. Abel is leading. Somewhere along it, we don't have record of it, but somewhere along the lines, there's this teaching of an altar. There's a teaching of a sacrifice. I, I don't have record of how Adam and Eve sacrificed, but I'm confident they did. Just the simple fact that God clothed Adam and Eve with skins after their sin when they had put on them uh, fig leaves to try to hide their nakedness. God grabs animal skins and the understanding is these are not nicely tanned Wilson leather skins. These are, are freshly harvested from an animal. An animal had to die in order to cover the sins of Adam and Eve. I have preached and I don't think it's wrong. I have preached that Abel's offering was a, a sacrifice that had a death connected to it. Cain's was something that, that you know, he, he, he brought that, uh, that didn't have a death. And there's some truth to that. There's some uh, connections to what we call the bloodline that runs through the Bible all the way up to the cross. But I would like to bring to your attention two, two phrases because it's those phrases that I want to introduce you today. The first altar that you need in your life is the altar of first fruits. And we have spent last year, we spent time talking about that. We, and it was absolutely in reference to tithing and giving. But today, while I may mention some of that, just because you can't teach and preach a message on first fruits without touching on tithing, it has far more to do with many other things than just financial things. But I'd like to introduce you to two different understandings. The Bible says that in Cain, it says in the process of time, he gave. Whereas Abel, it says he gave the first of his flock. Can I tell you today that the greatest sacrifice you could ever give the Lord is when you're willing to give him things first, not just later on when you think about it. That it was the reason that God rejected Cain. And I was reading in one commentary and it kind of made sense that perhaps the way that Abel and Cain knew that God either accepted or rejected. There are some that, that think it was fire that fell from heaven much like it did for uh, Elijah or, or others. That, that when they came and brought their offering that God consumed the offering that was brought of the first fruits. But the one that was brought of Cain was not there. The story is told of a of two a boy and a girl. They were you know brother and sister. They're praying, playing in the backyard, and they're playing Noah's Ark in the wading pool. And there's an old shoe box that that's kind of the ark, and and they're there, and they've put all their little animals in there, and they've told the story. But they were good, very good. Uh, uh, you know, they had learned from from their Sunday school department, and so they realized that once the flood was done, there was an offering that was made. And so they were trying to figure out what they were going to sacrifice. The little boy, in all of his wisdom, suggested they should sacrifice the girl's doll. 
And the girl said, no, why don't we sacrifice your G.I. Joe men? And of course, that didn't work either. Finally, the little girl, she ran into the house and she came back with the most pathetic, raggedy old sheep she could find. This stuffed sheep, one ear had been ripped off, the wool was filthy dirty, one of the eyes was kind of hanging down. And, and she said this, she said, let's sacrifice this because we don't want it anymore. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Maybe it's not so funny because it hits home a few times. That many times we give to God the things we really didn't want anymore rather than those first fruits. There's timeless treasures, timeless truths that we can find there. How many times have we given something that we did not want or we did not need? I would tell you today that one of the greatest altars that you can ever erect in your life is the altar of giving God first. You know, we talk about, and, and again, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, we talk about the tithing that we give, a tithe is 10%. And when you read in the Old Testament and you find that, uh, you, you find that the Bible was, sorry, I got it. Please change the word to altar. That's not how you spell it. I won't be able to preach if I have to keep staring at that. It's bad enough today. How many of you uh, men have you ever had a sock that wouldn't stay up? Okay, I have one of those today. I can hardly concentrate, but I'm going to do my best. And if we, there, now we're all in the right mode. My, my ability to concentrate and focus will be there. So uh, hopefully y'all can get something out of there. Not that I can do anything about the dumb sock, but whatever. But, uh, you know, the, the Bible, when it introduces the tithe, it talks about, you know, uh, bringing the first of, your, of your, your, your flocks or bringing the first of, of your harvest. And so the idea was you go plant a bunch of tomato plants and the first uh, tomatoes that you picked, you would have brought them to the tabernacle and you would have given them. But that was because in the first part of the Bible, money was not an everyday luxury. There was not paper money or even coin money. It, it had to do with wealth and bartering. Later on, as uh, money became the currency, it was there that that principle was. But last year we heard it, and, and, and I, I, I believe I've talked to many of you, that if you will learn to give your tithes first, before you pay any other bills, before you do it, there's something about those first fruits. Abel teaches us the importance of seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. I read an article by Paula White and I don't know who she is and, and I, I just, just happened to see it but it said the difference between Cain and Abel's sacrifice was that Abel offered his fruit first but Cain did not act on his faith. In fact, you see that in Hebrews chapter 11 you see that it says by faith Abel offered a more perfect sacrifice. It was that Cain, he really wasn't sacrificing because he had any faith. He was just trying to go through the motions to please a God that had kicked his mom and dad out of the garden. There was no faith, there was no hunger, there was no love. But we understand that when you give in faith and when you give to God those first things, it puts a course into your life that there is a blessing that comes after that. That faith, the Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him.
Now I understand and I, I, I'm going to get here in just a moment but please listen. Giving is far more than what you put in an offering plate or what you do on our giving kiosk or what you give online. Giving is far greater. It's not the act of the money you give. It's the faith in which you give. Could it be that we would follow the example set by Abel in those first fruit offerings that you and I need to set apart ourselves by giving God the firsts of our faith? Let me just, let, let me just, I have these little books, I have so many of these little books that I write in because I never carry the same one all the time. And so sometimes I'm writing on three by five cards and I've got piles of them. I've got a little black book that, that I, I write notes in. I've got an app on my phone that I can write notes in. And so there, there's sometimes during the week I sit at my desk and I just kind of shuffle through all of those little notes that I've written. Some of them come when I'm praying. Others come when I'm just kind of quiet. And others come with things I've seen. And I was reminded of a, a, a the teaching that we did last year at the beginning of the year on Wednesday nights. Uh, Pastor Robert Morris from Texas on his his blessed life. And I again, I know this is talking about finances, but let me just set the stage and then let me take you past that. I wrote down in my little book, I wrote that he said, you have to get your finances in order because God can't bless things that are out of order. How many of you remember that, that being said? I, I, I wrote down, he said, you don't manipulate, you don't drop hints, you just give and you don't try to, try to make the blessing happen. You give and let God do whatever he wants to do. I wrote down another point he made. He says you've got you've to get to that crazy type giving. And last year we saw that. Our, our building fund. And I had to step out for a moment. And I, I know Brother, Brother Perryman made mention of it. But to realize that right now, not even through the first month of, of our new year of giving. And we've almost reached the $60,000 mark. That's crazy giving. And then I wrote this down from that teaching. Sacrifice leads to wisdom and then there was a final statement I wrote it said that God only says to the extravagant givers and again I don't mean by the amount because you saw that that widow that gave two mites was an extravagant giver far more than those that gave you know just tons so it has nothing to do with the amount but it has to do with the extravagant faith God only says to extravagant givers I will give you the desires of your heart. Will you let me now take this very clearly out of the realm of, of offerings and tithing? And would, would you let me lead you back to that altar of Abel? And could I tell you today that on that altar of Abel, this is what you need to do. The things that you want God to bless in your life, you've got to lay them on the altar of first fruits. If you want God to bless your finances, then you better lay that first fruit on the altar and say, Lord, by faith, I give you the first. But how about this? 
Sometimes I've heard people say, I just need, and, and I'm not saying passion in terms of Valentine's Day, but some people will say, I just need more passion in my life. Passion for my job. Passion for the things that I have. Can I tell you today that before God will ever allow you to have passion anywhere else, you must first exhibit a passion for the things of God. And you lay that on the altar and you say, before I give my passion to any hobby, before I give my passion to anything, that I enjoy doing I must first say Lord I am passionate for the things of God and I do that first and God says I will give you the desires of your heart if you want God to bless your work if you want God to bless the fruits of your labor, if you want God to help you be the best employer, maybe you own your own business, whatever it may be, can I tell you, you must first learn to work for God. And if you'll lay that work for God on the altar and say, Lord, where in the kingdom can I be used? Where in the kingdom can you, can, can you use me? Lord, let me first work for your kingdom and then all these other things shall be added to you. The altar of first fruits. I would tell you today that if you want God to bless your family then you must first bring your family to the altar it was part of what we did today in that dedication but it needs to be more than just a one time dedication at the front where preachers and other ministers come and pray but parents listen to me carefully if you want God to bless your family then you've got to bring your family first to the kingdom of God and lay them on that altar and say first and foremost our family will live for God and serve God God and then your family will be blessed I could go on and on what is it that you want God to bless because when I look at the altars of Cain and Abel I find that Cain did it totally backwards Cain was you know Cain is the one that when he gets his paycheck and his increase Oh, you know what, later on about Friday, he goes, you know what, I think I should have given to the Lord, but you know, I've already spent it on groceries and gas, and I really don't have anything to give, so let me rummage around, and Cain opens up, and he pulls off the, the, the couch cushions, and he finds a couple quarters that somebody had dropped in there, and he brings that, and he gives it, and he feels good for a while, but it was not the first fruit. The altar of Cain says, you know what, I've got my family involved everywhere else, but you know, I've kind of noticed my, my children are on a wrong course, and maybe I need to start going to church, and you, you, at the process of time, you begin to give. Cain's altar is the altar of, you know what, if I can just give God, or if I can just give my work some, you know, if I can just work for a year and not have to worry and I won't maybe come to church and, and, and I'll just sort of, you know, make sure that I'm giving everything to my, my work and then once I get that promotion, once I get that pay raise, then I can kind of commit to God. That's the altar of Cain. The altar of, of Cain is... You know what, I haven't ever really prayed for my marriage. I've never really invested in the spiritual aspect of my marriage. But now my marriage is on the rocks. And so I wonder what pastor can do. I wonder what can happen. And in the process of time, you come. But the altar of Abel says, Lord, I'm going to bring you first the things that I want you to bless. I want you to think very hard for a moment. 
I don't have much more to go because it's a very simple altar. I wonder if you would just close your eyes for a moment, nobody looking, nobody, you've got to think for yourself. What is it right now that you want God to bless? I don't think there's anybody in this church, I don't think there's anyone here that does not see the fact that God's blessings are greater than anything else. I doubt there's one person sitting in this congregation that would not want the blessings of God. What is it that you want God to bless? As that begins to pop into your mind, you need to understand this. If you want God to bless, you've got to give it to Him first. God's not interested in the leftovers. God's not interested in the the process of time that that you just sort of, when you get around to it. I remember, and and, and, uh, I don't know if any of you got it. How many of you have ever seen a round to it? Have you ever seen a round to it? It's a little token. It's round. I don't, did you you bring one to church one day, Brother Miller? One of y'all... Oh, is that one? Somebody had it a couple years ago when I saw it, and I hadn't seen one since I was a kid. Around two, it is a. It, it's it, some, I've seen them made of wood, and it's a. It looks like a coin, and it has a T, O, two, space, and it. And it was one of those gag gifts you give to people who are always saying, "I'll do that when I get around to it." And so those people that. It's always tomorrow. I'll get around to it tomorrow. So that's one way you can do it. Go find you a round to it and hand it to them and say, well, let's get it done. Here you go. Cain's uh, altar was an altar of, well, when I get around to it, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take care of it. When, when, when I, you know, it's the Felix that says, you know, uh, uh, Paul, I, I've heard everything you've preached. And you know what? To be honest, i got tears in my eyes and my heart is, is, is touched. And, and, and tell you what, when I have a convenient season, I'll call you back and we'll take this to the altar. But I'll tell you today, it'll never happen. Because when you are one of those that in the process of time, two things occur. Either A, the time never comes or B it's never in faith and thus the Lord doesn't accept it when God rejected Cain and his offering it wasn't because of the offering it was because his heart wasn't right there was no faith there was nothing there you can have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof You could be the ones where the Lord said these people, they come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their mouth, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I would tell you today that the most costly of sacrifices apart from the submission of your heart can never make you right before God. Let me say that again. Doesn't matter how much your sacrifice costs if it's not connected to a heart that longs to be right with God.
If you've not ever submitted your heart, then your sacrifice is not right. In Jude chapter 11, that, that one chapter ver, or that one chapter book at the end of the Bible, Jude chapter 11 says the way of Cain is the way of self-will and of unbelief. I tell you today, if you want God to bless avenues in your life, then you've got to be willing to make that altar of Abel and give to God the first things so that he can bless the things that follow. That is the, the altar of first fruits. I want you to stand with me today. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these righteous and all these things shall be added unto you. As we begin to sing, as we begin to, 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 to play, I, I, I realize, you know, it's not the sermon you're going to shout and dance and run the aisles, but it is a sermon that you've got to make up your mind here and walk out that door and do. You can't be the Felix that says, Pastor, I heard you and I'm going to do better. Please don't make your response to this message. I'll get around to it and I'll take care of it. No, I'm asking that you would make up your mind. What is it that I want God to bless in my life? It could be your family. It could be your finances. It could be your children. It could be your home. It could be your work. It could be your efforts. Would you come and would you build an altar of Abel? And would you give him those first fruits? As you come, I want you to just, no one is necessarily going to pray with you. No one is going to ask you to make a commitment where they can hear it. This is between you and God. You've got to say, Lord, this is the altar I'm going to make. Would you begin to come from the front to the back? doesn't matter if this is your first time or you've been here every service for 50 years. I want to invite you to come. And I want to invite you to give him your first fruits.